0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of the American Filmmaker podcast. I am your host, Josh Hyde, and on this episode we are going to be talking to the composers and the creators of the soundtrack for the new film Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa is set in the 1970s in this turbulent era where there's all these protests against Vietnam and for civil rights, and it's about two people who meet in the middle of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and they get caught up in this civil rights, Vietnam War protest reality. I got a chance to listen to this rich, rich soundtrack from Joshua Mosley and Matt Hutchinson. And they were really, really able to bring wonderful elements to this movie to kind of underscore the journey of the characters. They were able to release the soundtrack for Tuscaloosa so you can listen to the podcast and listen to the soundtrack at the same time. I just want to welcome Joshua Mosley and Matt Hutchinson to the American Filmmaker Podcast.
1: Hey, how's it going, Josh? Awesome oh, Josh Mosley, how's
0: it going? Hey, what's up, Josh Mosley? This is Josh Hyde. <laughs> uh,
1: pleasure.
0: <laughs> uh, and then so... Josh, this is uh, Matt Hutchinson. Hey, what's up, Matt? How you doing? I'm great, man. How
1: are
0: you? Good, good. I guess the first question that I like to ask people when I get started is, where did the creativity begin? And then when you might have realized that you actually might be creative and like it could actually you know, help you make a living?
1: Uh, well, I come from a strong musical background. My grandfather was a bassist, a session bassist and live bassist. Played with like people like Tony Bennett and Louis Armstrong. Uh, my mom's a jazz vocalist, so we grew up in a super musical household. And played trumpet started at 12 years old, all through school, and really got into writing and composing uh, right after high school. And went on to study with Humming Man. Pacific Northwest Film Screen Program, which is where I met uh, Matt Hutchinson actually, and uh, did a lot of video game work, and uh, moved to LA in 2009
0: and did more uh, in the film and TV space. Matt, what about you? I'm curious when you might have realized that you know music and like working with scoring might be an option for you. Absolutely. Well,
1: yeah, you know, I was just in love with music from a very early age, and uh, I really got my start when I was five years old. My grandfather bought me my first guitar, and I just loved it. Um, I started playing in bands uh, in Seattle in the 90s. I went to work as an audio engineer in Seattle before studying film composition, actually, uh, which, like Josh mentioned, which is where we met. My career as a composer took off pretty much the moment I finished uh, my school. And after a number of years in Seattle and working successfully there as a composer, I moved to F.A. in 2011. Uh, since that time, I've been also in, uh, mostly in film and television and game projects. I have a CDO project called Dormarian, uh, which is, uh, features Kevin Martin of Candlebox and Dave Kruzan of Pearl Jam and others. So I still have one toe dip in that band world as well.
0: You two met early on, it seems. Can you talk about how you two met? And then what kind of brought you together?
1: I met Josh in the Pacific Northwest Films Program in Seattle. It must have been, it was early 2000s, I think 2004 maybe. Yeah. And he was just one of those guys that, you know, immediately I could tell he was a super creative guy. We hit it off right away. And there was just something there yeah. from the beginning. And uh, we, you know, right off the bat, we're doing panels together and studying together, and, and we both, I think, out of that class, we were kind of early uh, early people to come out and immediately start careers. Definitely hit it off right away, and uh, you know we shared a lot of musical interests, and I remember we did uh, that panel, was fun. we did that Batman Dark Knight panel, <laughs> kind of uh, dissecting the score and stuff, and we also served on the um, Seattle Composers Alliance board, which is kind of like the uh, like the musical uh composer board up there a uh, composer organization up there in Seattle and uh yeah we've gone on to do a lot of stuff together
0: what do each of you kind of specialize in or like does uh, does one play a trumpet better and then the other play you know the piano better my specialty is definitely guitar
1: in terms of performance uh like I said before I started playing guitar when I was 5 years old and uh, I could just always kind of play, you know, it was, it was interesting. I just had a natural knack for it. So that's definitely where my performance strengths lie. Later on, when I discovered film composition and I really wanted to learn that craft, I think that's really when I began to evolve as a musician. And uh, not only did I get better at that point at, at my skills in guitar, but also in writing music,
0: writing songs, composing in general. And uh, Josh? Yeah, for me. Playing, you know, playing
1: trumpet starting you know, 12 years old. That's probably was my I would consider that my main instrument all those years. Definitely played piano from like a really young age. I uh, didn't do really any formal training with the piano, but it uh, definitely became a more important tool uh, as I've you know became more of a writer. And I wouldn't consider myself any type of a piano virtuoso or anything in uh, by that means. But um, definitely, um, that's. Become my main instrument, and the the trumpet chops are, aren't there as, as much as they used to be. But I pick it up from time to time, and definitely get to use
0: it on some projects. You know, after you get out of school, it's one of those things where you have to make a decision on uh, what city to move to, and then start to work your way through sure. the through the industry. So I'm curious, what were some of those early projects that you cut your teeth on, and then really got to you know learn those early lessons of being a film composer as far as i mean my very first project
1: actually just kind of jumped right into going after work even before attending Pacific northwest film scoring program and was doing little like uh, informational videos for the transit company in seattle and so kind of got to you know, cut my teeth on that stuff, learning how to write the picture and, and, you know, hit cues and all that type of thing. With film, I really got to cut my teeth on, you know, features and whatnot, uh, working uh, on films such as, like, X-Men uh, with other composers, uh, with John Ottman on that film particularly, uh, with Chris Leonard's on uh, many of his films, and I really got to learn the whole process of, you
0: know, from starting from spotting and to, all the way to recording. Matt, I'm curious, yeah. what about you, your er, early projects?
1: I really got my start pretty much immediately after getting out of school in the commercial world. As I mentioned before, I was at that time working at an audio post house in Seattle, and I knew a lot of the agency people. And So that was the first shift um, that I had at uh, getting to write music uh, professionally was for a lot of television commercials, and it just really took off quickly for me. It, it helped a lot because in, in that end of the industry, you have to learn how to write uh, a lot of different styles of music very quickly, and um, that really, I think, helped me, especially in the TV scene where it's, it's similar in that way, uh, where you know it's, it's got differences, but, but actually just writing a, a lot of music very quickly and, and needing to be able to jump quickly between styles so I'm grateful for that time. And yeah, once I once I moved to L.A., uh, I, that's really when the, the film and TV took off. Um, and one of my very first projects actually in Los Angeles was a short film uh, starring John Novavich called Butterflies. And it was a super experimental, very cool project. Um, and that was born out of one of the directors that I had met through the virtual world. So, you know, things have a way of evolving.
0: I'm curious, what was the first project that... You two got to work on together. Um, that would be Explosion Fan,
1: which was a video game that Josh scored many years ago. Yeah. What year was that, Josh? Two thousand eight or seven, seven or eight, right around there. Yeah. 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 So Josh was writing the score, and, and he called me up, and he needed some guitar work. And so, uh, uh, so while on that project, um, it was a little different than Tuscaloosa because I was I was primarily performing guitar, but there was a little bit of, of composition is there as well, and I think it was the very first thing that we yeah. collaborated on. It was, yep.
0: You know, after that, what, I guess, brought you guys together for Tuscaloosa?
1: We've always, you know, we've done stuff here and there on each other's projects, and but we've always, you know, wanted to find something that we could work on together, uh, you know, truly collaborate on, and, uh, you know, write a score for. It. And when this film uh, presented itself, we, you know... We talked about it. We talked about the story. We kind of talked about the, the time period and the kind of music direction, and we knew like this was going to be a great project for us to, uh, you know, finally do something together, like co-compose together. Yeah, when Josh gave me the call, you know, he uh, he, he talked about the project and what was happening, and just the very setting of Tuscaloosa, you know, without knowing exactly what we were going to be doing. We immediately thought, well, there's going to be some room here for string instruments and that you know Americana, rootsy kind of vibe potentially. And so, uh, my skills as a as a guitarist and, and, and other uh, instruments as well, seems like something that would be beneficial. And then, of course, um, we like Josh. said, mm-hmm. We've always looked for something that we could we could collaborate on and really sink our teeth into it. And just the concept of this film uh, and the story was so compelling. We we were definitely excited about it.
0: I'm curious and then I I I think both of you can answer this from each of your perspectives. What happens when you first get a film? What kind of process do you go through to kind of begin to find what the film is in a way through the score? Well,
1: I think the um for me anyway, the first thing is obviously watching the film and having you know, I like to personally. I like to be able to watch it and not really know anything about it at all, and just get a you know, take it uh, at face value. And then immediately after, you know, a conversation with the director is always crucial uh, because I want to know what their what their thoughts are. And, and you know, sometimes, especially on a film when it's not done, you know, you don't have music. You don't, it's not the final edit. Maybe there's there's if it's you know if there's any sort of TG going on. There might even be, you know, images missing. You don't know fully what's happening. And so it's really helpful to have the, the, the director explain exactly what their what their um, ideas are and their thoughts. And sometimes it's not, you know, the music there to provide a lot of subtext in, in many cases. Um, mm-hmm. So it may not be immediately obvious what the tone is, based on what you're watching. And it's always, uh, it, for me, it's such an interesting thing watching a movie with no music—you <laughs> know, you find yourself totally. "What's yeah. happening?" And we it, it provide yeah. a lot of the direction. So, um, what, what do you think, Josh? Definitely. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just to kind of echo what you just said—it's you know, getting with the director, you know, finding out his vision for the film, and really, you know, starting with story, and you know, what's what, what is he trying to say? And what what are the different dynamics with each character and what each character's going through and, and how can we comment on that musically, um, you know, even before, you know, we we approach, you know, uh, creating our sound pal- palette for it. Just those, yeah, those conversations with the director are, are definitely key. And usually they have uh, some sense of, you know, previous scores or any kind of music you know genres that they like, or uh, some ideas like good references, like you know, hey, I like this sound, or uh, you know, can we can we kind of be in this vein, this ballpark, and uh, it develops from
0: there. What was the process like for Tuscaloosa? So with Tuscaloosa,
1: um, got like early picture, and just kind of started messing with some ideas. Uh, I actually came over to Matt's place. And um, we just kind of working on this initial, like, you know, I guess demo, in the demo phase. Here, does that sound, sound cool? That sound cool? And so, you know, I'd write something, and then Matt would write something over that and, you know, bring out some cool different stringed instruments. Uh, once we kind of, like, had this direction of, you know, what we wanted to do with, you know, taking uh, organic you know, stringed instruments and kind of mingling them up a little bit, you know, and and processing the heck out of them, and some of them are just really raw. Uh, it just kind of was this synergistic things back and forth. Like, you know, I get inspired by stuff he was creating, and, and I think vice versa. And uh, we delivered those initial ideas to the director and producer, and uh, it seemed like they were really happy with that direction. And we just kind of kept going, and of course, it it, it evolved, but um, uh, over over the course of production. But, uh, yeah, Matt, what, what else do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's definitely was the case for me, too. Just the collaborative nature of it actually is super inspiring to me. You know, I absolutely. like you mentioned, you know, having my background, you know, my beginnings really being in bands, it's difficult being on your own sometimes and trying to figure out an entire sound or a score because all you have is your own best thinking. You know, to, to find that direction, and, and sometimes, um, you know, when you when you are collaborating with someone else, they'll do something that triggers an idea or a thought, and they're like, "Oh," and it, and it sends you in a completely different direction than what you would have expected. And that's what I love True. so much about this process. You know, and like Josh said, you know, we we that first that very first bit of music that we wrote was was here in our studio, and we uh, were really treated it kind of like being in a band and just, "Hey, what if we do this?" And one of the early conversations with the director was about, you know, how can we not do this in a conventional kinda of way and so we talked a lot yeah. about how can we take maybe some of these traditional instruments and make them sound unusual or maybe we can take an an instrument that's not a traditional instrument and make try to make it sound like a guitar or a banjo. You know, how can we do this a little differently?
0: As I was listening to it, I really, really felt that actually. It was um there was a presence True. of of stringed instruments. So good job there for for real. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And then I was curious, what what traditional stringed instruments did you try? And then which ones ended up becoming kind of the sound, in a way? Because there was a lot of emotion in there, and then, you know, there was chaos in some, but it was this, like, you know, melodic underscoring with string instruments of this coming-of-age story through the... Uh, you know, 1970s within Tuscaloosa. So, I mean, it was interesting because I could feel all the shades of kind of the old South and also the new South, but then I wasn't sure why, and then I knew I made a note for stringed instruments. So so I'm curious ab- about the selection. It
1: was interesting. We One thing that we knew was that after speaking with the director is that he really loved the idea of incorporating a cello solo cello under the tour so that was something that was floating around from the beginning and we you know between Josh and I we really wanted to try to do some interesting things with guitars and banjos and you know anything we could get our hands on really and Mm so um you know we ended up doing a lot of really interesting things you wouldn't even necessarily realize were a banjo for example where you know I'm, I'm actually just you know creating percussive sounds using the resonator on the banjo or e- taking an e bow, which is an electronic uh, bow that creates an electromagnetic field and vibrates the string yeah. without having to touch it. And so we were using that to create pads and tones and textures, you know, with, the, with the, an acoustic guitar or a banjo. And so we were doing those things and it somehow, it did root the movie, I think, in the south and in the 70s which was really important but it didn't just sound like oh here's here's another americana score uh and then with you know with the cello um i think josh didn't even begin pretty much immediately on developing themes and, and uh, lyrical you know kind of thematic motifs for yes. the film with, with, for the cello yeah definitely so like you know you know even just writing those things on the piano you know we had the cello in mind and it became definitely a featured instrument And also uh, the violin. So, uh, right, a solo violin, solo cello, uh, and they kind of ended up becoming, you know, personifying each character to where the cello was more that male lead, and uh, the violin kind of represented uh, Virginia. So, developing those, developing her theme, and kind of, it was kind of like, there's this, it's, kind of like her theme also and their theme together but also the theme of Tuscaloosa so it's kind of has its kind of uh iterations of it but it definitely was like it became the voice uh for each character for sure
0: you know as I'm listening to you say that it kind of makes sense because there was a playfulness in between the songs between the cello and also the violin but then you know, there's also a level of dealing with mental illness, which, which is a real thing right. for the character. But it's also this this kind of greater metaphor for what they're witnessing as they're growing up, you know, the kind of mental illness of society of
1: society. It's really uh, it, it, there was so much to work with in this film. I mean, we had yeah, you have the, the characters themselves uh, and, and everything they're dealing with. Uh, Virginia is she actually dealing with any sort of mental illness or was she, you know, uh, or, or, or not, you know, and, and Billy and his, his you know, uh, crush, which develops into, to, you know, love for her uh, and wanting to, I think, on some level, you know, save her, and then all the while dealing with, you know, his friendship, which is, is under scrutiny all of a sudden because of the civil rights movement and what's happening, you know, and the mental institution and his father, who kind of represents, I think, you know, the old traditional South, you know, there was so many things to draw from there. And I think musically, it just gave us a lot to to, to play with. I personally love the fact that we were able to, you know, take these ideas and kind of, and and, and not make them perfect. There's a lot of imperfectness to the sound of the score, a lot of, you know, muddying things up, distorting things, and, because it's not it, it's not a perfect world it never has
0: been and it wasn't done certainly I and mean, that was really starting to show i think uh, at that time in, in history josh anything you want to say on uh that just because yeah you know scores are interesting it's it's really like you are experiencing the movie through a purely sonic reality and then a lot of those themes come come through after you know a really good film composer, or a team of really good film composers, really, you know, make something nice for for the film. So there was so much substance there, and it was
1: able. It was very. It was a key thing to like pull that out out of us uh, musically, and you know, we were able to you know comment on the right places and have that subtext, and just kind of be there to support that. Yeah, it's, we're dealing with a lot of heavy issues <laughs> in this in this film, and uh, to be able to you know express that musically uh, in a sensitive way and in a smart way uh, was a, a, definitely a challenge, and but also super fun <laughs> and exciting to like you know hey this is where we get this is where we get to go let's go somewhere different and uh, yeah it was, a, it was a great experience. And as you know, jump in quickly. You know, it really was an evolution, and, and I, I have to commend that our discussions with Phil, the director, really helped give us the latitude to just really dive in and try some bizarre things at times because uh, you yeah, know he really wanted to push the envelope on this. He did not want something that sounded like a typical Hollywood score, so that gave us just so much right. freedom to to really you know be creative.
0: Did you know that you were going to release it as a soundtrack, or was that something that kind of came later as you were going through the process?
1: I, I think we, uh, we definitely had the intention of wanting to do that you know, from the beginning, and definitely as things started to take shape, you know, it's something I believe we're definitely both really proud of, and we wanted to get it out there and uh, share it with everybody else when we wrapped up the film and you know, you're in the middle of a project and sometimes it's, you're so close to it. You lose a little perspective. And I, I just remember, you know, yeah. we wrapped everything up and then a few months later, you know, we, we took a listen to everything again and we were just both like, man, there's some really great stuff here. You know, we were really fond of, of you know, what we've come up with and, um, and it was just exciting. You know, we, we felt there was a lot of interesting ideas there. So we definitely wanted to, we were hoping to have the opportunity to, uh, to release a soundtrack. And so when when Lakeshore was on board and we were able to do that, we were both really
0: happy about that. You know, through the process, I think, you know, there are these creative lessons that are discovered. Was there anything that you discovered through the process of making Tuscaloosa that you want to, you know, play with a little more, you know, work with, see if you can, you know, evolve it into something else?
1: I feel like it's just I'm always learning I'm always growing I think the thing with uh, Tuscaloosa for me that really tripped out was was oftentimes less is more you know you don't have to um, I have to fight the urge to want to add more add more layers do this do that and many times what's most effective is pulling back and really giving you know, just having a couple or a few elements and really allowing those those um, instruments shine and, and tell the story yeah, I mean, I, I again, I second that. It's definitely like, um, it pushed me to be more intentional about what what I was trying to, you know, say musically or what I was trying, what I wanted to write melodically and, you know, not just writing, you know, for the sake of, you know, let's finish a cue. And, and I'm the same way as, like, I'll, I'll tend to overwrite, I guess, where it's like, this sounds cool, I want to put this around, this sounds cool. But, uh, just you know, it's definitely being really intentional about, You know, what's happening in this scene? Where exactly are we going to comment? How do I want to do that? And it definitely uh, pushed me more into that headspace, for sure. And just, I mean, honestly, this is just in the collaboration process. um, You know, I just have even more of an appreciation for it because uh, it, it pushes you. To grow more as a composer and to like see things through a different lens, see see things from a different perspective. And, you know, I remember getting, you know, some uh, stuff Matt was doing and and just like, what? That is awesome. And then like it would shoot me off in another direction (laughs) because I'm like, this is cool. I want to take that inspired and run with it. So um, definitely give me a a, a deeper appreciation for that. Yeah, that was one of the most fun things I think about this was just that inspiration factor that is at play when you are working with another super talented person. And, uh, you know, like it's, it, it brought me back, again, to the band days, you know, where you're, you're in a room and you're you're playing with someone else and you have butterflies in your stomach because, you know, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but whatever it is, it's, it's really cool, you know. And it's, it's, it's hard to recreate that by yourself. But when you just you enter in one other person, especially someone like Josh, he has got – just so many great ideas, and yeah, it just it, for me it makes it made the whole process much more fun and, and interesting. And uh, you know, I can't wait to find another project for us to, to work on together.
0: Where do people find the soundtrack?
1: So the soundtrack is available uh, on all digital platforms, so like uh, you know, Apple Music and Amazon, uh, Spotify, and all that. You can definitely uh, hit us up on our socials, and uh, we can we will always, you know, put information out there about that. And it's released through Lakeshore.
0: So, um, how do people find you two?
1: You can go to my website matthutchinson dot com, and uh, there you'll find links to all my social media, Instagram, Facebook, all those sort of things. So that would be the I guess quickest and easiest way to find all the information on me. Yeah, website Joshua R Mosley dot uh, com. Uh, but I'm definitely active on uh, Instagram, at Joshua Mosley Music. How are you so, two uh,
0: doing today? Are you able to uh, work from home?
1: Fortunately, you know, I had a couple projects that were in post-production before everything uh, shut down. So I just recently wrapped up a series, uh, sci-fi thriller series called Alt uh, that'll be out on streaming platforms this summer. And currently wrapping up a uh, documentary film uh, with uh, director krom that I worked with last year on a Marshmallow documentary. And uh, this was uh, produced also by uh, Migos of, I'm of Migos. And that'll be out uh, on the streaming platforms uh, to be announced as well. And tune into my uh, Instagram, and I'll definitely be sharing those release dates and, and platforms. Yeah, and for me, I am currently wrapping up two television series, uh, one of which is called Earth to Ned, which will be premiering on Disney Plus later this summer and also uh, writing of music for All Our Eyes and CBS. And then I've got an upcoming documentary that I'm working on, uh, that I'm about to start working on, that'll be uh, out late this summer, uh, as well as a album project that I'm doing in the you know, forced quarantine that we are all experiencing right now. Give a little extra time for some side projects,
0: so that's been fun too. I guess we're lucky because we can stay busy and work, work remotely or from wherever.
1: Right. So that's so true. We're very fortunate that we can still, you know, it's funny, We, as composers, we were already in isolation most you know, of the time before all this started. Uh, you know, sitting in our studios, yeah. you know, a lot of the work is done, you know, over the phone, via web. And now with yeah. Zoom, you know, uh, spotting sessions are happening over Zoom. You know, so it's, it's actually, we are able to still going, uh, to keep going. Uh, I think this the part has been for... You know, actual production, you know, uh, shooting, uh, television and movies has been uh, severely impacted because they can't get these groups of people together. But uh, right. luckily, the projects that we started on before all this happens, we've been able to continue working on.
0: I know I've asked you a lot of questions, so I appreciate your time today. Um, I'm curious if there's any final thoughts or any last things that you would like to tell folks about the soundtrack for Tuscaloosa which is out now and people can listen to it while they actually listen to this podcast whenever they hear
1: it it's available um, through all those digital platforms Apple Music, Spotify uh, Amazon yeah we'd love for you guys to check it out and uh, thanks so much for having us it's been a true pleasure yeah and also check out the film it's on Amazon Prime and it's out on a number of of platforms as well so it's a great movie check it out and the, uh, Apple TV,
0: absolutely, and uh, we hope that you enjoy the film and the score. I just listened to the um, soundtrack; it was great. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch the movie. I was like, no, I just want to listen to the score, and then I'll watch the trailer. But I, <laughs> but, but but I just want to feel feel the creativity flow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the American Filmmaker Podcast. I am your host, Josh Hyde, and I just want to thank Matt Hutchinson and Joshua Mosley for their time today, as well as for their wonderful work on the film Tuscaloosa. You can go watch the film on streaming portals everywhere, and you can listen to the soundtrack on Spotify, or you can buy it on Apple Music. I am your host, Josh Hyde. And the music for this episode was created by Michael J. Deller of the Budos Band and Charles Bradley and his Extraordinaires. Thank you, Mike, for all of your wonderful, wonderful, wonderful creative contributions. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the American Filmmaker Podcast. We will see you next time from the front lines of creativity, storytelling, and filmmaking in the world today.